0: Welcome to the Prime Fitness Project. My name is Eric Giroux, co-founder of Prime Fitness in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Get ready to have a lot of fun as we talk exercise, nutrition, and weight loss. We're going to talk to real clients, trainers, and other wellness colleagues to help you lead your Prime Fitness life. Hey, good, after, mm, yeah, good afternoon, podcast. It's uh, it's Eric. We are here on a Monday uh, on an undisclosed date, because I'm not sure when this is actually going to get published. So I must tell you, it's on a Monday. Uh, and I'm here with a, a, a buddy and colleague of mine, Mr. Nick Ehrlich. And so uh, this story is kind of really cool uh, for me when, uh, when I found out some cool information about Nick coming up uh, recently. Uh, Nick had about a year ago or so roughly he had decided to step out of the training game and step out of the coaching game uh, and uh, switch a career and then just recently uh, through the wonderful world of Facebook I saw that he had kind of jumped back into or is jumping back into the world of training and it seems to be pretty full-time so we were having a cool chat the other day online and about what's going on and i realized that this would be a much cooler conversation Mm -hmm. to share with everybody out there uh than for us to just say you know do it on a facebook chat um because what he was saying to me um about you know his transition back and forth that i know will resonate with a lot of trainers a lot of coaches out there uh but it'll resonate with a lot of people who have ever gone through any kind of career change or any kind of like you know change in uh and what they feel like they need or want to do in terms of their status in life, in terms of what they, uh, you know, what their passions are, and so uh, I was, uh, I was really intrigued, and I said, "Man, this this would be a great time for uh, us to get on the podcast and just like have a great conversation about what's gone down the past, you know, past year, and then you know, kind of what led it up to it." Um, so uh, without further ado, I we'll want to introduce Mr. Nick Ehrlich to the podcast. So, Pete, thanks for having me, man. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate man. it. Uh, this is awesome, man. This is a this is a really cool subject. Uh, I like think I was telling you a little bit beforehand that I've had a lot of people reach out to Christy and I over the course of the past few years who, you know, are, are in the training world. And uh, I don't think a lot of you know people outside of the training world understand like what a tough entrepreneurial gig this is. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so a lot of people have reached out to me and said, you know, how do you keep going? You guys have been doing it so long. And I said it's hard yep. and I said, I said, it takes, you have to have an, you know, I know we throw the word passion around a yeah. lot yeah. But we throw that word around, but it's one of those things you just have to eat it, breathe it, love it. And it's got to be one of those things that you really dig to kind of like, you know, really you know, move forward with yeah. it. Otherwise it's going to chew you up and spit you out. No question. Um, so uh, that's when I, I really thought, you know, this, this whole idea of us getting together would be a good idea. Now I was also thinking too, like, you know, how did we meet? When we, you, we kind of figured it out a little bit.
1: So this is funny. So we met 2009, 2010. Okay. It was your first, like you and Christy had just kind of gotten hooked up with TRX. Yep. So you were running a TRX training seminar at Sport and Health. Now, I came down to do the seminar, but uh, I had a couple months beforehand ruptured a disc in my neck. And so I was like waiting to have a procedure done like a couple weeks later. And for anyone that's ever done the TRX training program, you know it's like a lot of exercise. Yeah. And so I knew that I only had like a three hour window before I was gonna be in just like screaming pain. Uh-huh. And so we're doing everything. And so I, I pulled you aside with like an hour and a half left. And I was like, hey look man, my discs are blown out. I can't feel my hands or feet. Like, I got to go. And you're like, what the fuck are you even doing here? Like, go. Like, it's fine. Like, here's your stuff. Like, yes, you did the class. Like Boom, done. And so, and like, so that was our first meeting. Um, it was, yeah, just like two weeks beforehand. So yeah, I, I literally worked out that day until I was like, okay, no more feelings in my hand or feet. Like, I need to go home and lay down for a little while. But that was when I met you guys. And it, it's been fun because you guys have been such ass kickers in the industry for so long that it's been fun to watch you guys grow with it. While I've been doing my thing kind of up in Baltimore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. I mean, I, you know, I, I was, uh, I think one of the things that first kind of like, you know, what drew me to you was the, uh, the whole, we talk about the love for the game. Mm-hmm. I, and I can tell you're one of them, man. You're a fitness warrior, dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. we yeah. talk about us, you know, trainers, coaches, you know, whatever we're calling ourselves nowadays. Sure. Uh, you know, you're a fitness warrior where, you know, you kind of eat, breathe, sleep it, love it, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And you're also a lifelong learner. Like I could tell Mm -hmm. that you wanted to know more, you had that thirst. And so for me, uh, I always tend to gravitate towards people who, Mm. you know, have that energy, have that vibe Mm -hmm. because you're only going to, it's only going to make me better and only going to make each other better and only going to help move things forward. No question. Um, So for me, it was... um, it was a no-brainer for us to stay connected, you know, because we're not close. We're not, you know, maybe we're an hour away. Yeah, we're not super close proximity in our daily lives. Yeah, the world of social media has kind of kept us, you know, allowed us to kind of keep up with what he's absolutely, he doing. absolutely. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people give it a hard time, but it's been a huge, uh, huge help.
1: Well, well, look, and it's you know, I think, uh, I, I think keeping up with the Joneses has like a very bad connotation to it, but I think in the fitness industry, I think it does kind of help. Uh, If you're a trainer and you see, you know, I have this idea. I see Eric and Christy are doing it. It seems like it's working out for them. I see someone doing it over here. Maybe it's not working out so well over here. So it's like that social media, you know, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all that stuff. It lets you kind of keep tabs on what everyone's doing. And so it's like you said, like it raises everybody's game. So if you're like, oh, there's no way I could put together – you know, a boot camp at this time during the day, and then you look up and you're like, "Oh, there's one at Prime, and it's got 30 people in it." And <laughs> I'm just like a lazy asshole, like I don't want to do it. You know, so I think it, it does help elevate everybody.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's a it's a great. I mean, uh, I, I temper it with folks. And I say, you know, you know, it is a great form of communication out there nowadays. You know, obviously we don't want to use it as our only source source communication, yeah. but it works really well. Yeah. And um, it was it was
1: a and we'll get to it, but it was I think it was one of the bear traps that I kind of stepped in that burned me out initially. Um, was because I was probably getting a little too sucked into it, and mm. I think that in the industry is one of the things that can that can really burn people out.
0: I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, we could. Oh, we could have a whole other conversation. Whole other podcast. <laughs> a whole other podcast a whole about podcast. that <laughs> for sure, man. Um, so let's let's backtrack a little bit, and kind of like get into the meat and potatoes of today sure. a little bit. So, how long have you been training now? Uh,
1: I have been training since I was sixteen. I'm thirty four. So yeah, like a long time. <laughs> so yeah, a long time. Not, I have a psych degree, um, but like I, I got my first job. I went to Walt Whitman High School in Bethesda. Um, I, didn't I got, know that. Yeah, man, I was a Montgomery County kid. I <laughs> went to Walt Whitman. Um, my first job was working the front desk at the Washington Sports Club on Elm Street. Um, How would right, I not know right this? Right <laughs> after high school, and so my boss at the time, awesome dude, great guy. He lied about my age. So that I could take uh, the in-house certification exam for Washington Sports Club. So when I was a junior in high school, I started seeing clients after class. So I would end. We had uh, chamber singers seventh period. Okay. I'd leave chamber singers. And I'd go to the gym. and I'd see two or three clients in the afternoon. And so I've been doing it really since I was a junior in high school. Holy been a long crap! Time, man. I did yeah.
0: not know. I don't think I knew that you were Montgomery County. I was
1: a Moco kid. <laughs> I know. I moved up to Baltimore and I buried all my all my Bethesda swag. It's, it's, yeah, it's in there. It's in there. Oh my God! That's yeah, so man, funny. For sure. So for uh, listeners out there
0: who aren't uh, you know regional to us, you know uh, Bethesda, you know the Waltman area is you know is a part of Montgomery County. we we, we shorten it and say MOCO all Mocha. the time. Uh, Montgomery County here in Maryland, just outside of D.C. And, uh, and uh, yeah, Nick, Nick's up in the Baltimore area now. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so crazy. Oh, yeah. So and, so after Washington Sports Club, where did it take you after that?
1: So I went to uh, Purdue University, mm. didn't like it, transferred to Towson, which is how I ended up in Baltimore. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I was kind of an overweight kid that at 16, it kind of like hit me that like I need to get in shape. You know what I mean? So mm. I got in shape. And I was like, this is dope. And, like, anything that I've really been into, like, you know, interests kind of become lifestyles for me really quickly. You know mm. what I mean? And I don't – it's not a bad thing. It's just, like, I like fitness. I was in a really bad place. It got me to a really good place. So I was like, great. This is the thing I'm doing, you know? Um, I went to Purdue. I hated it. I, I didn't like where I was. I didn't like the kids I was at school with. Uh, and I was really starting to kind of lose my way a little bit. And I just – Dove into fitness again and it, you know, brought me back to somewhere where I was really centered and really clear. And then when I transferred to Towson, I knew that that fitness thing was going to be a central tenant in my life. And so it was really what kept me, I think, from being like a full-time drunk when I was in college. (laughs) But there was still like there was still a level of effort that got put out. Uh, And so my first job out of college was as a a full-time personal trainer. I graduated college on a Tuesday evening. Uh, Wednesday morning I woke up at 4 a.m and I drove to the Mac which is now ACAC and Timonium. that was my first trainer job so I've been I've been doing it ever since it was just like it it's it's the thing that I knew that kept me in like a really good place and mm-hmm. so I just always kind of tripled and quadrupled down on it
0: that's awesome yeah how did training I know because a couple so be, a few years ago mm-hmm. you kind of shifted gears into more of a uh, a corporate kind of wellness Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. tell me a so, about
1: it. so, you know, I think, um, I think in the training industry, I think there's a lot of pressure on people to figure out how they're going to take their training business and then blow it up into like a, a business, you know, like what's a scalable business. Mm-hmm. And, and I was getting a lot of mentorship from a lot of people that I still am very close with and I love a whole lot, but it was all like you've got this energy and you've got this passion and you've got this ability to communicate with people. Like, How can you package this so it can start to become more scalable for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of stumbled into this niche in corporate wellness and corporate presenting in the fitness space. And so I had, at the time, Archetype Wellness um, was my corporate wellness company. And mm-hmm. so we were managing 15 corporate wellness programs on a retainer basis in the greater Baltimore area. We had some clients as far out as Lanham, as far down into D.C. Mm. Um, but we were doing On-site education, on-site classes, back-end support for people. We had like a pretty buzzing corporate wellness company. Um, And because, you know, that was really stable money, it was really good companies, um, I kind of fell into doing that. Um, And then I would subcontract out like this tight team I had to do a lot of the instruction so I could just kind of run it. And so I started to move towards trying to build a little more scalable business, and I got away from the training aspect of it. Um, and as much as that was refreshing for a little bit, because I'll I'll tell you like, there was probably a ten year span where I woke up at four a.m. every fucking day. That's you know, just brutal. like it's just <laughs> brutal, like Monday through Friday, up at four a.m. Yeah. and I was like opening my keys, we're hitting the lock at the gym every day before five a.m. <laughs> like, and that was just my life. And so for a while, it was nice. you know, to sleep in, sleeping in for me now is like six, right? right? So it's like, it was nice to sleep a little bit later. um, But I was starting to lose the the thing that was, that I loved, you know, I was losing the part of it that I loved in favor of running the business. And I think that that's where things like I kind of pivoted our focus. And I think that's where I started to kind of lose the path a little bit um, in favor of, Not, I don't want to say a money grab, you know what I mean. But it was like I was like, this is the stable life, and it's not you know training, uh, training for hours anymore. It's doing this where I know the money's coming in, but there was a lot of bad stuff that came with that, and I I started to find that.
0: You know, it's interesting that you bring that exact thing up because when you got here, I think I told you that we recently made some decisions last year that we left our affiliation with a current franchise. Mm-hmm. I won't mm-hmm. name it. It's okay. Sure. But we left a franchise. And one of the things that I found uh, starting around um, around August of last year for us was I was fucking miserable.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I was miserable. And because everything that, just like working for you know a big box health club or whatever, everything that I was being fed, everything that I was being told was scale, scale, scale. Yep. And... Was to set yourself up to open another location. Set yourself up to do mm-hmm. this, you know. And what I realized that has nothing to do with me. Nope. That has to do with everybody else, but me. Absolutely. And so I was miserable, and I wasn't training. I wasn't doing any really kind of training, anything. And I missed it. Like I missed yeah. the one on one. I missed the, the. That was what I got into this business for. I missed it all. I mean, I, I was still coaching some groups, but I mean, I, I yeah, I liked doing one on one stuff. And yeah. so. When we made the decision as a company, my wife and I said, all right, I think we're, we're done with the mm-hmm. franchise. Mm-hmm. We're not going to affiliate with them anymore. I was like this massive weight off my shoulders, number one. Oh, yeah. Huge weight. Oh, yeah. And I felt like the decision was correct. Mm-hmm. And then I said, you know what? I told Christy, I said, this fall, this was fall of last year. Yeah. I'm going to just, I'm going to see. I'm going to pick up clients. I haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. I'm going to pick up some clients and see what happens. And yeah. And so... I started training like 20-ish hours a week, mm-hmm. and I haven't been happier in a long oh, time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big <laughs> you know, time, yeah. I mean, I can still manage the business. I can still do things that I want to do, but I'm back in the trenches, and I feel really good, and I feel like reconnected, because I felt very disconnected
1: from people. For sure. Oh, for sure. Well, and I think, uh, it's funny, the franchise you're talking about, like, I remember that was my exposure to them, was their whole thing was open it, scale it, step out of it, make your money. You never have to walk into the gym. And I was like, "Why? That sounds like really boring. Like it sounds terrible." <laughs> and like, "Yeah, like I would like to have a little more of a safety net, but like I don't want to scale what I'm doing. Like I want to do what I'm doing." Um, the other thing I think in the fitness industry especially is that when you have dudes at the top uh, that aren't like working with clients, I think people start to smell that. Like I think there's an authenticity that has to happen with people at the top of the spear um, in fitness businesses. And I think that the second that you no longer can walk it like you talk it or the second that anyone thinks, oh, Eric and Christy are just hanging back and getting a check while this guy does all the work, yep. um, I, I, th- that's, I mean, that's that, that can be the death of a thousand cuts for the business because next thing you know, like, People start to question it. You're not connected to them anymore. You lose that connection. It's not good for you. The client loses that connection, so it's not good for them anymore. So I think, like, to be a fitness business owner, if you don't have a real like two hands in the business, I think everyone can smell that. I think people smell inauthenticity really quick, um, and that's a dangerous thing as a business owner.
0: Well, and and I think that lends to the fact that I think we live in a this region right here. I'm not saying is Mm -hmm. super customer savvy. Oh right. yeah, this is a very you know the DC metropolitan you know Baltimore area. Oh yeah, it's a very customer savvy area. No and question. It lends exactly what you're saying. We're like they can sniff the bullshit pretty quick. Really quick. <laughs> man. Really quick.
1: Yeah, well, you know it's funny. I was just down in Charleston. Literally, uh, I, I flew back yesterday. Mm. Um, that I think that's a national thing now. Yeah. I think the industry is just so big, and there's so much transparency with social media and with the internet. You know. It, You don't have to put your prices on your website. People are going to find out about them, you know, and it's all kind of in the same ballpark now. So I think that the customer right now is not only really educated, but they're really empowered. And so, you know, whereas they previously, you know, would go into a gym and sign a three-year contract, pretty much everyone now is month-to-month or some kind of minimum commitment. Right. So the second your client feels like you're no longer, you know, their advocate, they're out of there and there's eight other dudes, you know, within spitting distance from here, I'm sure, that will be happy to start taking their money. So sure. it's like that that inauthenticity and that transparency and knowledge of the business, I I actually personally like it cuz I think it keeps everybody accountable, mm-hmm. but there're a lot of people that are starting to sweat cuz they're like, "Oh, you know, my my business that runs itself is not running it or it's like running away uh. from me." <laughs> so it's like I maybe need to get back into it, it's probably too late for a lot of
0: yeah, I you know it's when you talk about the, the whole um, idea of when we're looking at people uh, you know sniffing it all out and uh, the, the you know the, the trainer across the street being ready to take you know take their take your money if they're not there. Uh, I think the because I've said this before, exercise programs are are one thing, right? We've all yep, got exercise absolutely. programs. Absolutely, they're one thing. But when you come into a setting like this in a small studio in a small space. You know, the thing that you, that all of our people tell us about all the time mm-hmm. is they love the fact that we're educated, that we're smart trainers, sure. smart coaches. The sure. number one thing is community.
1: A hundred percent. Number one 100%. Thing is A hundred percent. So I almost got into, I was doing a presentation at a gym um, up north, oh God, probably two years ago. I was talking to this team of trainers, probably like 30 trainers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just doing a presentation with them about like what you're talking about. Like building cultures really, it's paramount, mm-hmm. you know? And so the, the thing I said, and by the way, we're talking like first five minutes of a one hour thing. I'm like, hi, my name's Nick like, and go. So we're like <laughs> there. And I said, you know, does anyone here have any doubt that if you were so inclined, you could go on YouTube, bodybuilding.com, T Nation, any of the five, you know, big websites, and you could put together your own exercise routine that would be fairly comprehensive, right? Does anyone have any doubt that that's the case? And that room turned on me so fast Mm -hmm. because they were like, no, people are paying us to be experts. I'm like, no, people are paying you to communicate your expertise in a way that makes them feel like they're part of something. Like it's about community. If you think you're just getting paid to be a trainer, do this, do this, five of these, stand like that, you are sorely mistaken because if you're not creating community and culture inside of your business, you have nothing, you know? And, um... Man, that room really went sideways on me. I'm sure they like, did, right? did not go good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did, I did some stress eating after that. Um, but, like, yeah, it was uh, – but, again, I, I stand – I think it's a salient point. I stand by the point. Absolutely, man. No, it is.
0: It is I mean, and when we talk to – you know, when I talk to young trainers or, you know, trainers that just come up in the business all the yeah, time, yeah. I say to them, you know, you, the number one thing is you got to build your culture, your community, whatever that is for you. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not teaching groups, even if you're doing yeah. – you're still if you're still doing one-on-one stuff – and that's all you do. That's awesome, but you still have to have a, a culture within what you do, and people yeah. are going to gravitate to you because of you, the person. Yeah, you know, and ex- I love that what you just said. You know, it, they're coming to you for your ex- expertise and how you communicate it to them mm-hmm. and make them feel like they're part of something.
1: Dude, absolutely. No one Perfect. goes to the Stones concerts to like to hear the songs. Like they want to hear. Keith Richards play the song you know right. like that's what you're going for like you know my i, I have a nephew that i'm sure could play Satisfaction on the guitar at this point I don't fucking want to hear him do it i want to hear Keith Richards do it that's you right. know like, that's right that's right uh, but, uh, but yeah i mean and i think i think that uh i lo- it's fun talking to young trainers cuz you see like they have all these big ideas and yeah. then you're like woof alright man like some of this shit's going to get scaled back yep. and you're going to realize kind of like what actually drives the business but it's, it's again it's fun everyone's got to do that that journey themselves absolutely they do we
0: all kind <laughs> of start yeah. somewhere for yeah. sure but, uh,
1: but there are times where I'm like woof boy yeah. you are young you are young you are <laughs> green to this oh you think you're going to make 100k this
0: year Yeah. best of luck man, best bro. of luck
1: we know how that me. works out yeah no, always
0: <laughs> It was, it was eight years before I was making anywhere close to that kind oh, of money. Oh, for sure. Right? For sure. So, uh, so so fast forward here a little bit. Yeah. That gets you to about a roughly so a year or so ago. Yeah. Watching things on Facebook and all of a sudden there was like a huge gear shift, right? Oh, yeah. Huge yeah. gear shift. You're so left.
1: what happened was, uh, first of all, like 2019 was just kind of like a rough year. So it was like I had... Um, you know, a, a, a business divorce from a business partner of mine where we kind of were just no longer aligned. Um, and so that you know that was tough and that was emotionally draining. Then I really kind of like dove into the business like twice as hard. Mm. Um, but I, you know I was I was emotionally and mentally really fatigued. Um, and you know the there were things about the business that I wanted to change, but it seemed like one of those things where, the way we were doing things was so ingrained that I couldn't really make the changes that I wanted to make. You know, I wanted to change the our, the, the platforms that we were using and our, our message and our tone and some of our offerings. Like, I really wanted to scrap it. But um, it's one of those things like, uh, I've heard the analogy, like, it's, it's like pulling a bullet out of your stomach. It's like the longer it's in there, the harder it is to pull mm-hmm. out. Like you're going to do more damage. And so I was at that point where like, I pretty much healed up around it. And so... There was a lot of that going on, and I, I was just kind of tapped, man. And I was in a really bad place. Um, I was getting really depressed. I was just my anxiety was just redlining all the time, and so my buddy started a construction company. He had told me, like, "Hey, there's a standing offer here for you in a sales role," and so I just said, "Fuck it." I'm like, "Yeah, man, cool, let's do it." So I, I folded up the business. I had like four principal subcontractors at the time that I pretty much let them each run a leg of archetype, and I just walked away from it. I was like, oh, "I'm wow. just, I'm just gonna leave." Like, boom, done, walk away, cool, boom. So I went into this. Um, It was exciting for, like, a week. um, And then it started to get really, really, really tough. Because now I'm, like, feeling like a failure for walking away from my business. Feeling like I made a mistake because I took the one thing that I ever, like, really gave a shit about and I stopped doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that started to, like, you know, I'm a guy who's dealt with a lot of anxiety already like that's something I'm like pretty on the record about having dealt with mm-hmm. um and when I lost the creative professional outlet that I had I had nowhere to go with it and mm. so it started getting like worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where I would have days Eli I'm not I'm not kidding like I would have days where I would just go completely catatonic in the car like I would go park in a parking lot and I would just like sit there for 40 minutes I got to no, like I'd be just like so overwhelmed That I just couldn't do anything. That I was miserable. And like I was working for a great dude at a great company. Again, the guy that owns a construction company, he's a really good friend of mine. um, And he took amazing care of me. But I was just in a terrible place. And so... You know, I ended up having a day where uh, I was doing a roof inspection at this house. We, we, it was with a kid we just hired. It was actually not too far from here. It was an Olney. Okay. Um, and the house had, like, kind of a chunked-up roof. It was, like, pretty steep, pretty high, a lot of facets to it. So the new kid was kind of nervous. I was like, dude, I'll tell you what. I'll go up. I'll do the inspection. You talk to the homeowner. We got it, right? So I get up on the roof, and I, like, I, uh, you know, I, I just, like, had a moment where I was, like, oh, like, if I fell off of there... I'd probably be in the hospital for six months. That would buy me some good downtime, and then no one would be upset or disappointed with me. And I was like, "What?" I was like, "What the fuck?" And I got in my car, and I was like, "Dude, what was that?" And I just like realized I'm like, "What? I'm having like dangerous thoughts. Like I gotta fix this, you know?" So I went home. Told my wife, I'm like, we gotta go to the mental hospital. Just get a quick <laughs> run, quick run to Shepherd <laughs> Pratt, um, to, just to determine that I'm not a threat to myself, which they signed off on. But like oh, legit, you went? Oh, I went, dude. Oh I wow. Oh yeah, man. Good 10, on you, brother. PM. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. But good like, on you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. But like, it was just, it was just a scary moment because I'd never been that low, like in my life. Like I just never had that kind of a moment. I never had that kind of a, like a destructive thought. And so it scared me. I was just like, all right, you know, this is what you hear about dudes who are super positive and super energetic. And then they hit those low points and they, you know, do stupid shit. I wanted to make sure that wasn't going to be me. So I walked out of there and I was like, all right, changes have to be made. You know, like I've got to do something that I got to reconnect myself to something, you know? So uh, it, it was a couple more weeks and I tried to push through it, but I just couldn't do it. So I walked into my boss's office, again, really good friend of mine. And I was like, dude, you've done everything you can to help me here but I'm not the dude for this job. I was like, I'm sorry, you know, he was getting ready to build me in some responsibilities and some cool stuff I was gonna do and I was excited about it, but I was like, I can't do this. I, I, I have nothing emotional, I don't care about roofs. You know, I don't care about them. They're on top of houses, cool, you get it done great. But it's like, I don't, I don't give a shit about it. And so not having something that I could care about meant and it's nice because it also reminded me how great my family is. I've got an amazing wife, I've got two amazing kids, like I've got a great support structure around me. But I was literally just like sitting at my desk all day or I was on job sites all day, just like looking at my watch, like, okay, when do I get to go home? Uh, and I can't you can't do that.. Nope. So it was it, it got really dark for a minute, but like I just finally had to pull back and be like, all right, Definition of insanity is continuing to do something with respect different <laughs> result. I'm never gonna get into this. I'm not all of a sudden gonna like snap into being passionate about, you know, landmark architectural shingles. But like I am still passionate about fitness. And meanwhile, um, I will also say this for the record: as a guy who's preached fitness and wellness his entire life, when I tell you it took me like two weeks to fall into like every unhealthy office habit on the planet, dude. So quickly. Really? So quickly, man. (laughs) Like, not working out, not eating well, like, not taking care of myself, like, all that start just uh, so fast, so fast I fell into it. And that was the other thing. I just looked up and I was like, this is, this is incongruent with who I am as a guy. Um, And me at my best would look at me right now and he would say, what the fuck happened to that dude? Um, And so it was, you know, that, that, all those waves hitting me was when I realized, like, dude, Not only do I love doing this, but I'm the best version of myself when I do this. Like when I'm with groups and with clients and when I'm training people and helping people, that's when I'm the best version of Nick Ehrlich. And like that's the guy that I want to be all the time. That's the guy that my wife deserves. That's the guy that my kids deserve. That's the guy that my friends and my family deserve. So like I got to get back to that like fucking yesterday. And so... Yeah, man, just like pulled the ripcord and, and started putting it out. And luckily, the feedback was great. Like, there was a lot of people that, I mean, I, I put up that post last week that you saw. Yep. Hey, I'm starting up again. Here's my schedule. I probably got 40 messages in 24 hours from people that were like, We were just waiting for this. <laughs> we were just waiting. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> glad this was this predictable. Like, yeah. I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad you recognized it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I, I hit a wall with it. And rather than fix it, I just decided to, like, just kind of walk away. And it was. You know, like you said when you dropped the franchise, yeah. you knew it was the right decision. Like, I knew pretty immediately it was the wrong decision, you know. But there was, I was like, well, you know, we'll just give it some time. Maybe I just need to adjust. Hmm. Um, and I did not.
0: <laughs> I did not. Out.
1: Well, I mean, I mean... God love the
0: people who can do it, but there, you know, it's for, for us that do this, there's nothing sexy about. Root I'm focus. a zoo lion, man. Yeah. I've like
1: I've been in here for too long. I know nothing else. Like you put me out in the wild, I can't do it. Like well, put uh, me back in the zoo,
0: man. It's so funny you say that because you know there was a there was a period, there was a time period where it was probably right before we became part of the franchise. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, business was struggling big time for us, and you know we had just had Matthew. It was 2013. Yeah, he was yeah. a Year old at that point, point. and I looked at so at that point. So we were looking now, 2013. So six years ago, I was. Or maybe I just turned 40. Now I'm
1: 45. right? And so... And for, for listeners at home, the guy doesn't look a day over... Like, we could have gone to high school together. Is I've got a baby face. That's what it is. You do have a baby face. <laughs> I have a
0: baby face and I don't go for a Honest, honest answer. How many days a week do you shave? Uh, oh, maybe three? You're maybe, a liar. No, maybe three. No, maybe three. Like, like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. And that's... <laughs> That's on, a, that's on a good I go bullshit on Saturday. <laughs> oh, yeah, Saturday could be bullshit. <laughs> it, it, Saturday could be total bullshit if I'm
1: like, eh, we're not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, I can grow a beard in three days. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. And it's, it's great. Oh,
0: yeah. They, you, have a kid, you got two kids. Yeah, dude. How great did you get after your kids?
1: Dude, <laughs> guys, right. you can see. Yeah, right. My son likes to tell everyone that my dad has black and gray hair. Well, thanks, but I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate that. that. Yeah, that's maybe awesome you could share with some of that. <laughs>
0: uh, but when so we were, you know, we looked at this whole thing, and I, I said, uh, you know, I said Jesus Christ, I said I don't, I don't know what to do. I said, but we've got to figure out something. We got to make some money. I said, mm-hmm. I said we, we dumped everything we had into starting this business. Oh right? yeah, our retirement was out the window. Everything was gone. All of it. All of yeah. was gone because we knew this is what we wanted to do. Yeah, and. Um, you know, at the time, too, the other thing that happened to us was when we opened the business, Christy was actually supposed to still be working for TRX. She was the regional yes. sales rep yes, absolutely. For TRX. Yes, I remember that. And we were five weeks out of opening up Prime. Mm-hmm. She got a phone call from them mm-hmm. saying, we're sorry, we're laying mm-hmm. off the whole entire sales team. Mm-hmm. So that was going to be kind of like our support. Yeah, oh yeah. Like our financial support while oh, we for got sure. things going. So anyways, we uh, I said... Well, we have one of two choices here to make money. Yeah. We either get this thing doing something, right? Mm-hmm. It's gotta, you know, we've either got to find a way to get this business operating the way we want it to. Yeah. Or I got to go find another job. Yeah. I said, it's back to the restaurants for me because that's what I did for 10 it, years. It's before. a
1: binary decision, man. Right? It's, it's one or zero. It's, you got to figure it out. Got to figure
0: it out. So we yeah. got a kid now, and I said, I said, we, got, we have a family. And I said, so, I said, shit. I said, I think we need help, and that's when I went down the road of a franchise. And sure. for the first two and a half, three years, it was wonderful. No question, no question. Wonderful help, absolutely. Uh, but uh, much like you, I told myself, I'm going to be in my forties. Fuck, am I going to do in my forties finding a new career, a new job? Yeah. I mean, and it would at that point, it would just be a job. Yeah, hundred percent. It would just be a job. Absolutely. And so I wasn't interested in that, and so uh, we stuck with it, man. And we, and this is here, this is where we are now. Now, yeah. now, look. Could we be better in terms of business? Absolutely. Could things be better? Absolutely. We could be, but we're happy, we're moving forward, we're progressing. And so, you know, I I think we've taken the right steps and we'll get there. Sure. So um, so
1: now for you, Mm -hmm. like what's the next like steps for you? so, So it's funny, the thing about this that's very exciting is that I'm now at this point where I'm saying, okay, I'm going to restart a training business. I'm going to do it exactly how I want to do it. I'm taking on no partners. I'm taking on no outside money. I'm taking on no affiliation. And I'm like, this is just going to be how I want it to be moving forward. And for a lot of people, that's a really scary thing. But that's Mm -hmm. always been something that I've really liked. You know, like I love... To live and die by my own sword. Like, I, I think that's the only way to live. I like being able to work really hard and see the results when you look at the checking account and you look at what you're doing. Like, I like that. But more importantly, I like creating culture. Like, that's the thing that I love to do. And so, you know, it's, it's funny, like, I, this is kind of like my now my second go around in the fitness industry. And, you know, what I alluded to when we started is like, I think initially I was. Putting the stuff out there that I thought I needed to put out there. You know, we mm. were making a lot of videos on YouTube. Uh, I was putting out a lot of content, and I, it, But it was, it wasn't really that authentically me. You know, it was kind of a little bit watered down, a little bit general. And I. And you. Know, and the other thing I had to consider was, all right, if, if I make this video, are these health insurance companies still going to want to work with me? Is this corporate company still going to want to work with me? You know, if I hmm. do a video where I collaborate with. Um, a local dispensary to talk about, you know, medical cannabis's role in the fitness industry. Am I going to get dropped by this company? Interesting. And so one of the things I realized was like, dude, I'm going to do exactly what I want to do now. I'm going to I'm going to do the job for my clients that I know that they need. I'm going to be the support system that I know that they need. But I'm also going to put more stock in just making sure I'm happy with the shape of everything, you know? And that's going to mean saying no to some things. It's going to mean... Uh, you know maybe taking a little bit of time and really building it up right you know not just smashing right into mm-hmm. all the money I can make but it's going to mean like really doing that stuff and even when it comes to social media and content putting out stuff that I feel really good about putting out you know if I'm putting out uh, a blog or a video or something like that it's exactly what I want to be saying you know and obviously I'm going to give all that some thought but like I got to do everything that's authentically me now because if I'm doing something that's not authentically me, I'm doing a disservice to myself and I'm doing a disservice to the people that are buying my product, mm-hmm. which is my services. So, it's fun like it kind of gives you just a super clean slate to go with. Yeah. Um, and you know, when you have the time in that we have, it's really like it's, it's like if someone handed you a blank sheet of paper and was like, "Show me exactly what a business should run like in this industry." You'd be pretty good at writing it down, sure. Um, and I get to do that and then put it in place now, so it's it's very exciting. That's very cool, man. Yeah, man.
0: I think the I think the clean slate idea is really cool. I mean, I like the idea. You know, we talk a lot about you know content creation, and and that is the one thing that I know that I lack on, right? And mm-hmm. so because I have a I have a hard time with. The whole idea of like nobody wants to hear what the fuck I have to say. Oh, for sure. Nobody <laughs> nobody, nobody cares yeah. about what I have to say. Yeah. And in the reality is when I when I do have bursts of content, like when I do bursts of podcasts or, sure, sure. or I send out emails, whatever it is. Yeah. I get a lot of feedback going. That was awesome stuff, and I'm like, Yeah, man. Oh yeah. I yeah. People do kind of want to hear from me. No question.
1: <laughs> they do well, we, hear from like me. we get to live a life that I think a lot of people are envious of. You know, like we get to we get to be around the gym and we get to work with people and. They don't see the back end of it, you know, they right. don't see how hard it is to do that stuff. But I think there's a lot of people and people were, were reaching out to me when I announced I was coming back and they were saying, like, dude, it was great, because like one thing I really loved was thinking, like, man, Nick is out there and he is tackling his dream, you know, mm-hmm. like he is tackling what he wants. And sometimes just that is what people want to see. You know, mm-hmm. that lets them think like, all right, if this guy can live that kind of life on his terms, I can do something over here for me. Um, and it's funny, you know, it's kind of like, uh, it's like, it's like our modern political system, you know, you kind of have like... The bottom ten percent, the top ten percent, they mm-hmm. make the most noise. But the people in the middle are the ones that are, you know, the overwhelming majority. It's like when you put out content, some people love it, some people will like write negative shit on it. But for the most part, people are just watching it and enjoying it. Yeah. And you don't know about it until six months later when they're like, "Man, I really love those videos you were making." Yeah. And so you're like, well, "Why the fuck didn't you comment?" That? <laughs> like, I need, I, you know, I need to I feel good that. about it. But, and that is the other thing, um, and, and I think it's important to say is that I think the other thing that I have to focus on that we in the industry need to focus on is being a little bit more impervious to critique, whether it's positive or negative. Because I think that um, if you let the positive praise that you receive, whether it's media attention, whether it's client attention, whether it's awards or recognition, if you let that stuff determine how you feel about your business, then you're opening the door to let negative stuff also... You know, define you right. So if you have you know a day here at the gym where one of your members comes in and they're like, "Hey man, I'm just not feeling it. I'm gonna switch things up. I'm gonna I'm gonna cancel my membership." You're gonna let that run the rest of your week. You know, you're gonna be like, right. "Dude, I'm garbage." You know, like this dude won't be here anymore. So it's like you have to you have to be open to be you know improved upon. You always have to be like listening to notes, but you can't let either kind of praise determine how you feel about the job that you are doing. Um, so one thing this time is like I'm gonna be a little bit more oblivious to who's retweeting stuff and who's sharing stuff and who's liking commenting on stuff and more on am I doing the thing that I know to be or I believe to be the best thing for me because then if it fails it was my fault and if it succeeds it was my fault but I don't get to blame it on someone or thank someone either way yeah. you know so it's like you got to be a little bit impervious to everything so yeah you got to put out content but then like once it's out there you just kind of got to leave it you yeah. know like it's out there it's going to be what it's going to be and you know, I've had lots of guys write some really unkind stuff on YouTube videos. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. I've gotten messages through YouTube that were really impressively mean. And, like, over a video that was, like, about eating broccoli. I don't know why, how it inspired someone to be really, really That's terrible. kind of
0: stuff I don't get. Like, mm. who, who has the time in their life to be that ugly oh, with somebody? There are, I, there, I there, are, there, there are dudes. I know there are. There are dudes. There are, man. I know. You know, when you talk about, like... The 10% at the top, 10% at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. One of these things that I kind of wanted, this was one of the things, the two that I wanted this podcast when I started to kind of sure. like focus on a little bit, too, when we were, when I started putting together the Prime Fitness Project, I wanted to kind of teach people that fitness doesn't have to be so fucking extreme one way or the other. No. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's a, I think... Extreme sells, right? Extreme yeah. is the thing that, you know, people mm-hmm. see that, you know, like, oh my God, that's you know, that's gonna change my life. When in the reality oh, yeah. is the the thing that's gonna change your life, the thing is gonna make all the difference in the world when it comes to fitness is your showing up your consistency and, you know, your execution of the plan. Oh yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I try and preach to everybody in here all the time and, you know, people out there. And it falls on those lines of, like, you know, being impervious to all the extremes as well, too. Oh, yeah. You've got to be impervious to that because... Otherwise, if you keep looking, you feel like you have to do those
1: things. Yeah.
0: And so I look at the extremes nowadays, and I'm like, that's that's not where we are. It's know? not.
1: And, and, and most of the time, it is it is for the attention. Like Most it of the is. time, it is just for the press. You know, uh, I think Planet Fitness just took bench presses out of all their gyms because they think it's like an intimidating piece of equipment. And it's like, no, they didn't. They took it out because people would talk about it. Right. You know, so it's like, you can't let that kind of noise affect you. Like, you got to just, to a certain degree... Stay in your lane, do the stuff that you know to be the best thing, like hear people, be responsive. But you have to know that your idea is a good one and that, like, you're on that idea through some sort of expertise. And then you kind of just got to stay there because most people's goals, um, most people don't want to have six packs. They don't want to run five minute miles. They want to, like, they want to get around. They want to be at a healthy weight. They want to, you know, feel like they can play with their kids or run around or do a Spartan race on the weekend and not. You know, have their heart explode in their chest, <laughs> right? But like, you don't look at people aren't marketing to that. They're marketing to like get shredded, get huge. You know, here's how you run like a sub three hour marathon. It's like people have no fucking interest in that. Right. They just want to live their life in a way that they feel like they have confidence in their movements, um, and that they're and that they're healthy. Yeah. You know, so it's like those are the people that are putting money on the counter to to train. Yeah. So it's like you got to speak to those people a little Absolutely. bit more uh, and show them that you're not. You know, just like a, an Instagram model. <laughs> oh you know? I'm yeah. not. <laughs> not a That's not happening. Neither am happen. I. Oh man, um,
0: I can tell you, man, this has been awesome. I, uh, I think uh, this has actually given me some really cool insights, some really cool things to take apart from myself, which is always good, Thanks, you know. Man. And um, and uh, I think that you know this will hit home. Um, this conversation will hit home with a lot of trainers out there. I hope yeah. you know when they kind of look at to uh, look at themselves and look at. You know, how they're gonna develop their business, you know, in the world. Because I'll be honest, man, I say this to two of the trainers, even when you work for even when you work for a health club or a gym or whatever, yeah, you're still an entrepreneur. No question. Period. This no this question. business is entrepreneurship, period, yeah. no matter what it is, when you're working one on one with clients. It's just like a I always the one thing one of the when I do a workshop, I always talk about it. It's the equivalency is like a, a real estate agent working for long and foster or yeah, something sure, like that. Sure. You know, it's very entrepreneurial. You have oh, to have that course. drive. And yeah. so um, you know, keeping a, uh, keeping their heads up and allowing them to kind of like really, you know, if they're passionate about this, they, they can do it yeah, and man. find ways and find the ways that, you know, speak to them and speak to their. absolutely. Um, so I think it's really cool. For sure. Um, anything else you want to share with the world today? I yeah, mean, I think
1: you're right. Like, I think, uh, you know, I think, the, I think the keys to real longevity in the industry are like you have to own your wins, but you also have to own and recognize your losses. Mm. You know, like, and I think that that's something that, people in this industry kind of struggle with. You know, like you gotta know like not every idea you have is gonna be great. Not every iteration of your business is gonna be what it's gonna look like. And like you have to be able to to take losses on the chin and just move forward. And you only do that if you're connected to what you're doing with some kind of a core principle. You know, so like I just you and I are the same way in that the fitness wellness thing, that's our core tenant. Like that's it. At the end of the day when you boil it down I love doing this. I love helping people do this, and I'm the best version of me when I'm invested in other people and not just myself. So it's like if you can do that part of it, the wins and losses will handle themselves. The money will come, and like life's going to be better for you. Um, but like, if you're not if you're not connected to this because it's, it, it is intrinsically important to you, then like you should go find something. But I found out that I thought I could do that, and I couldn't. So now I'm back to wearing sweatpants every day, sweet. which is
0: dope. That's pretty sweet, man. Love like it. I love the fact that I get to wear shorts every day to work. Job's <laughs> great. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, I think we'll wrap it up. I think that's awesome. I think we've hit everything we wanted to hit today. I am so glad you came out all Thanks, the way out man. here to do this with me today. Appreciate um, it. All's good. Uh, so check it out, podcast. Uh, make sure you comment like share all that on this you know and if you would please subscribe you know if you're on apple uh if you're on itunes find it in there subscribe to the prime fitness project i would really appreciate that uh, make sure that you leave some comments man i love reading the comments love feeding it back um nick is out in baltimore and so i will get some information in the show notes for nick uh if you want to you know look him up you know sure. check him out and uh You know, you want to work with him and see what he's got going on. You will not go wrong. I promise you, man. You will not. You will have a blast. You'll work your ass off. You will see changes in your life. All will be fantastic. So um, I will get all that in the show notes for you. Um, And, uh, yeah, I think that's everything. Thanks again, brother.
1: Thanks, yeah. I appreciate it. All right, man.